0: JazzGuitarLessons.net, Improve Your Jazz Guitar Playing With a Real Teacher, podcast number 20. Wow, so it's been, well, uh, I think two years now since uh, we started this little podcast and it's been quite a ride in fact. So today I want to discuss two short topics. Uh, As usual, the first topic will be accountability, especially in terms of when we learn jazz guitar. Or it can be when we learn any instrument or even another type of hobby. Uh, But jazz guitar is, of course, the topic that I prefer, so we'll talk about this. And after, we will discuss the B-flat blues in its simplest form. In its simplest form, the thing I realized, uh, I thoroughly enjoy doing song analysis, uh, as you may have seen, heard in other podcasts like Stella by Starlight and Solar. And I just realized today that I never did a real analysis of the B-flat blues progression. So we'll start from scratch and uh, build it from there. So the first topic, um, in terms of accountability... Uh, it's something that i realize is important more and more through my my coaching my personal teaching to you know try to show other people stuff especially in terms of jazz guitar um accountability means that you have something that you owe somebody in a certain way and my personal realization um Well, this is very personal. I don't really like to talk about me, me, me in terms of teaching, but this is the case. I realize that it's easy to deceive ourselves ourselves more than anybody else. So I would like to encourage you today in this podcast to find ways where you can be accountable, especially if you can get accountable to other people, towards other people with your progress. Um, By this, I mean... You know, if you have a training program and you want to go to the gym, for instance, you want to get healthy, you want to lose weight or build muscle or, you know, get better at the sports that you practice, uh, you will get a private coach, most likely. And then it becomes so easy to go to the gym. Or if you have your gym pal, you know, Bob, you go with, the, with Bob every Tuesday at, at 7. You go to the gym together, do some treadmill. It becomes so easy. But when you do it on your own, relying on solely on self-discipline and this whole momentum thing, after a while you quit and you, I don't know who listens to this podcast, but I'm convinced that some of you, and that includes me, um, have had monthly gym memberships that would just collect dust, right? You have the membership, you pay, but you don't go. So that's what I'm I'm trying to get at in terms of jazz guitar. You have to find ways where you you go to the guitar gym, pick it up, practice, learn, and get better, because that's what you want to do, right? So here's a few things uh, to keep in mind if you want to be more accountable. First suggestion is to have an external motivation for playing your guitar. And that could be, for instance, being in a band uh, where you have to play new standards Every now and then, say every Thursday, I have my band practice. It's with uh, you know bass, drums, and guitars, and we don't have gigs, but at least we learn one new standard every week. This is a very, very good motivation because if you get to the rehearsal and you can't play the standard that you decided upon, then you you know you're in trouble. So that's one way to to do it. Another way is and this is a very common, typical way. We. You should be playing with a fellow guitarist, so somebody that's at about your level. If you're lucky, you can get somebody that's better than you <laughs> to jam and you know play blues and standards and stuff like that. Or uh, otherwise, you can get another musician that is a beginner at a certain instrument. It doesn't mean that it's a beginner musician per se, but it can be a beginner uh, bass player or piano player. And this is great uh, by the way. If you get a bass player or a piano player, you can accompany, but you can also be accompanied by the bass's comping or the pianos comping. This is great for you to solo over. Um, so I would, you know, be be careful if you jam with sax players, what you you'll wind up doing is playing chords all the time. Although this might wind up being what you you have to work on the most. I don't know. But, you know, this is another thing. So start a band, for instance, um, or have a fellow uh, guitarist or another instrument, uh, another player that's uh, at about the same level as you are right now. Um, Another thing you might want to do is take lessons, take private lessons. And uh, of course, I'm preaching uh, my own thing, right? Uh, I've been teaching for 15 years now and... uh, I've been realizing this slowly, uh, the, the accountability, accountability thing in terms of lessons, it's not always a good idea, because I've had several students in the past come to me and say, you know, I used to take lessons with this local guy uh, every week, 45 minutes, and what happens is that you play during the lesson, and you practice the day of the lesson or the night before, just to show your teacher that you've been practicing this stuff. And then that's it, right? You're not, you're accountable, but you're only accountable to a certain extent because he's not going to give you, um, to give you schmuck for not having practiced the stuff, right? So it's what I've been trying to do personally uh, through the website right now. I'm trying to refine the coaching program. So I, I want to get students that are more serious and more accountable, which led me to through the years kind of polish the service for coaching uh, jazz guitar that I've been offering recently. It's really fun. So it's another way you might want to get more accountable to have more accountability to your playing. Um, Nevertheless, the lessons might not be exactly what you're looking for. Uh, For instance, if you have really good discipline by yourself, like your self-discipline, and there's a local community of jazz players that are good, well, good, quote-unquote, say, better than you, uh, if there's a jam session, you can give yourself a challenge and prior to even attend, write write this down on a piece of paper, say, I'm going to attend the jam session three times, not even bring a guitar, and then the fourth time... I will be playing one tune with those guys. B-flat blues, I I don't know, uh, autumn leaves, uh, whatever, blue bassa, whatever tune that you find that's easy for you. You will be scared to death, of course, but if you have good discipline to do this, you'll see uh, you're playing, you'll be making strides because you have some sort of external motivation and something that you have to be accountable for. You don't want to look like a fool at a jam session, so you'll be shedding hopefully like a maniac or depending on your time investment, right? Um, so that, that's, you know, all little things that you can think of. Starting a band, jamming duo with another player, getting private coaching through the jazzguitarlessons.net website, or if you have good discipline, you know, jam sessions, go out, listen. Of course, um, the, this only goes so far. So it's my little, you know, my little thing about self-discipline and your motivation when we first get started. You know, those first two or three weeks when you go to the gym, it's really easy to go because we're still on the the first burst of energy. Think of uh, launching a shuttle into space. You need a big, big burst of energy at at first, right? But you don't always need this energy if you establish some sort of a routine. And that's what happens, which is a, a bit of a problem. I get people that practice a lot during two or three weeks, and then they stop. They don't stop practicing, but it becomes more erratic and it's because you did not use your personal self-discipline and motivation to establish a routine or a plan a training program that you can come back to and it stems from you know setting goals and having a step-by-step plan to achieve your goals right so just be careful your your first burst of energy it's not going to last forever either so take that into consideration you want to think for the long term how to establish a routine and uh, lastly and this is probably the best idea ever, to be accountable, um, try to get out there, whatever your level, and book yourself an event where you have to perform in public. And you will both hate me and love me at the same time for saying this. It can be a barbecue with friends, say, you know, 4th of July that just passed, by the way. It can be a party. uh, It can be just a family reunion or it can be a cocktail. Uh, If you have a cocktail hour to play and you say, my God, now we're a jazz trio, And here we go, you know, we have to play 10 standards during this time. Uh, If you book yourself in advance and you have, say, two three months notice, it's going to be the best time of your life. It's going to be the the most improvement you've made because you need to line up tunes to learn chord progressions, to learn scales, to rehearse them, etc. So so that, that would be the last and probably the best thing that you could do. It's not always easy. But uh, you could be surprised, just, you know, walk down to your local coffee shop, you know, they have paintings on the wall and, and different artists and just say, you know, I have a jazz trio, let's do it. And um, that's just going to kick your butt, kick your butt, really, it's going to be a really good experience for you. Nice. So that's it for accountability. Wrap up, try to find ways where you feel like you owe something to somebody else in a good way. In terms of your jazz guitar improvement and the way you you want to perform public, good. Now let's talk about B flat blues, and do a quickie run through the different progressions. So there's several questions on the website, on YouTube or by email, and the thing is, what you know, what's the difference between um, what's the difference between my uh, my Chuck Berry blues if I know this stuff or that. That, that blues that we hear B.B. King play and Eric Clapton play, and now we're playing jazz blues, and it should be the same thing. Well, kind of. It has the same roots, but um, let me just see here. Okay, so if you want to go to a jazz jam session, you're not likely to be playing, like, you know, this type of blues. This is not what's going to happen. So I want to run through in the podcast today what you can find on jazzguitarlessons.net slash jazzguitarlessons.net jazz-guitar-blues.html It's a web page and it it explains uh, five of the most common blues progressions in jazz in order of um, complexity. So there are three uh, red, big, big red letters and the one we're going to do today is B-flat. So you can download the B-flat blues PDF and follow along. Uh, If you're listening to this in your car, it's not recommended at all. But whenever you can, you can take a look. So I want to go through the first three progressions, which brings you far enough so you can attend pretty much any jam session in America and say, I want to play B-flat blues, and you'll be fine, right? So it's how we jazz it up so we get to a point where it sounds like a jazzy blues instead of a typical 1-4-5 blues. All right, so progression number one. In the PDF it says the most basic 12 bar blues, three chords, one, four, and five. And why we say one, four, and five? Because one is the B flat note. And if we play the scale, like a major scale. One, two, three, four, four is E flat. So the note E flat represents the four. We build the seventh chord on the fourth degree. And we do the same thing on the fifth degree. One, two, three, four, five, five. Um, so the basic idea is that those chords are dominant 7 chords, so B flat 7 E flat 7 and F7. And that's all we need in order to be playing on a, the, the basic 1-4-5, say, you know, I said the BB King or this type of stuff. So what I'll be doing now is using a metronome and playing just shell voicings. So voicings that sound basically like this. Root seventh and third or root third and seventh. I'm not going to give the fingerings now because I can't you know display them on the screen for you, but at least you get an idea of how it sounds. So let's let me just play once through it. A one, two, a one, two, three, four. Just quarter notes. Four bars, and that's it, we're done. Back to the top. So, what's happening here is you notice there's four full bars of just a one chord, which is the B flat chord, and there's two bars of four, the four chord, four Roman numeral E flat, and um, two bars of four, and two bars of one. And then there's the last section with we can call the turnaround if you want, where it goes through five, four, and one. So I I believe it's better to look at the blues and think of it as three sections of four bars. So the first section is obviously just one, as in the, the one, the tonic, the, the one chord, the B flat chord. Then the second kind of section of four bars goes to four and back to one. And the last section is where everything turns around, where we get this cadence, where we feel that it's it's wrapping up, that it. it's over. So there's not much to be understood in, in that blues in terms of theory, and it just so happens that you've been hearing this stuff on the radio for the past, what, 80 years? I don't know. So it, it, it's not necessary that we spend so much time on it. But we can look at progression number two and three and get much more, much more out of it. So Progression number two in the PDF, which I called a simplified jazz blues. It, the, the, we'll just outline the theory and the difference between the first one and this one. Well, First of all, instead of sticking to the one chord during four bars, like one, two, three, four, another one, uh, that's four bars, it's very long, we go straight up and alternate with the four chords immediately. So, a one, two, three, four. See, we go to the E flat chord immediately. That's the first thing that's happening. The other main difference, that there's a 2-5 cadence, and this you can also read uh, on the JazzGuitarLessons.net website, you get a page which is called, what's the name of the page? Uh, the No-Nonsense Guide to Jazz Harmony, I think it's called, and you'll see what a 2 five one is, what a 2-5 is, and etc. So in, in the last four bars, the turnaround, instead of sounding like this, which is your typical you know rock blues, instead of sounding like this, it sounds like two, five, two, back to one. Two five one. That's it. So let me play it just once through so you get an idea. A one, two, a one, two, three, four. Bar five to be flat. The turnaround with the two five. Two, five, 2-5-1-5-1. One, five, one. That's it. So you see at the end we have we still have this little F7, this five chord, to go back to the top because five really wants to resolve to one. So what's the deal with this two five? Now you see instead of having all dominant chords we get one that is a minor seventh. And this is a typical two-five cadence. The two being the C note in the key of B flat. So one two, and the F being the five note. One two three four five. And in terms of diatonic harmony, in terms of how chords work together, the two is a minor chord. So that's why we need minor seven, C minor seven, the F seven, to go back to our B flat, which is our one. So. If you can play this already, even with the simplest chords, the chord grips that you know, you're already halfway to playing a full-fledged jazz blues. And you see, it's not that complicated. We just exchanged the last four bars and the first four bars to being more, uh, more hip, if you want. So let's jump right away to the third progression, which in the PDF I called the most common jazz blues. And I said, I wrote the subtitle, The Secondary Dominance, and there's a one six, two, 5 at the end. So this one, um, there's a video on JazzGuitarLessons.net, uh, which is called, I think, uh, Jazzing Up Your Blues With The Six chord. And now you see there's a G7 chord appearing, and even I wrote down G7 flat 9. But for today, uh, everything that deals with 9s and 11s, 13s, we, we don't worry about that for now. So ignore the flat 9, ignore the B flat 7, flat 9, G7, flat 9, just think of the 7. So B flat 7, G7. And G is the 6, right? If you learn your B flat major scale, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, G7 is your 6 chord. And the reason behind this, uh, which is explained in the video, is that G7 is the 5 chord of the C minor. But it's the sixth chord of the B flat. So in any case, it sounds like um, if you look at B flat G C F B flat G C F. This is some sort of a turnaround. I'm playing the last two bars over and over now. One two G seven C minor F seven B flat G seven C minor seven F seven etc. So we impose this within the form. So if you look at bars uh, 7, 8, 9 and 10 they're exactly the same as bar 11 and 12 but in a telescoping nature. So this you really have to look at the PDF or you know write it down to see it. So the only difference between the previous progression number 2 and this one is really that G7 chord that brings everything into a new context. And if you listen to guys like Joe Pass, Wes Montgomery, and Pat Metini, those guys, that's really where they play really interesting lines, because there's some sort of resolution needed. So let me just play it once together, or if you want to play along, and I'll let you go after. Progression number three. A one, two, a one, two, three, four. A one, two, three, four. Watch out for the G7, G7 now. C minor 7, F, and we're done. Yeah. So, as you can see, we started from a 1 4 5 blues, which only had three chords, uh, three dominant chords, and now we added a 2 5 at the end. We added that 6 chord, that G7 and this little turnaround, one, six, two, five, and we pretty much got from what's very, very traditional, very straightforward to a more hyper, kind of hip, jazzy sound. And that's really the beginning of trying to to play more chords and play more interesting lines within your your jazz blues is by having to run through different changes, right? So I hope this helps. In any case, this was very uh, 10 minutes you know, let's do an analysis of chords on the blues, but uh, you can find a whole bunch of information. There's a master blues page on jazzguitarlessons.net. There are several videos where you can dig into the harmony and how to build lines over those. And uh, I will let you go. I'll see you in the next podcast. My name is Mark from jazzguitarlessons.net. Improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher. Take care.